Welcome to the Dhamma Podcast. The audio recording that follows was recorded during S.N. Goenka's tour of North America in 2002, known as the Meditation Now Tour. This podcast will be updated monthly, with additional archives from S.N. Goenka's talks and questions and answer sessions, as well as other speakers discussing aspects of Vipassana meditation as taught by S.N. Goenka. This podcast is sponsored by Pariyati, a nonprofit publisher that offers written, audio, and video content, and whose mission is to enrich the world by disseminating the words of the Buddha, providing sustenance for the seeker's journey, and illuminating the meditator's path. For more information regarding Pariyati, please go to www.pariyati.org. That is www.pariyati.org. For more information on Vipassana meditation, as taught by S. Goenka, including a schedule of courses offered throughout the world, please see www.dhamma.org. That is www.dhamma.org. Friends, <clears throat> we have all assembled here this evening to understand what is Vipassana and how does it help us in our day-to-day life and how it is relevant in today's world. Vipassana is actually not a meditation, but the word meditation has become very common with Vipassana, and we have started also using it. There's a difference. The definition is not correct when we say meditation. In meditation, you have a stationary object and you keep your attention on this object continuously and the mind gets concentrated and gets absorbed in it. But here it is different. It is observation self-introspection, observing the reality within oneself as it is, not as you would like it to be, as it is in its true nature, in its true characteristic. And that helps to understand the totality of the truth. And that helps us to make right decisions, correct decisions, good for ourselves and good for others. As it is from the time one has taken birth, opened eyes, one has been observing things outside, but what is happening inside that is always in dark, And that is much more important to know what is happening inside. Something has happened outside. You come in contact with a person, you come in contact with an incident, a situation. Yes, one should know what is happening outside. But simultaneously one should know what is happening inside. Otherwise, the truth is partial truths. 
not totality of the truths. And partial truths is distorted truths. It does not give a true picture and therefore the decisions many a times go wrong. Something has happened outside and what has started happening inside. If you are aware of both, then you are aware of the totality of the truths. And then every decision that you make will be a good decision, right decision, good for you and good for others. Now what is this introspection of the truth within and how does it help us? We have to develop the faculty to feel the reality within ourselves. If we just try to understand it at the intellectual level, it is not Vipassana. It won't help you. If you just accept it at the devotional level, because an enlightened person has said so, or a scripture says so, it won't help. At the experiential level, within the framework of the body, what is happening? That is very important for us to make our decisions. The entire physical structure, the entire mental structure, the combination of the two, one starts understanding a constant interaction is going on between the mind and the matter. The mind keeps on influencing the matter, the body. The matter keeps on influencing the mind at a very deep level. The so-called conscious mind does not know what's happening. Deep inside what is happening is unknown. And because it is unknown, one does not know that the decision that I am making is so harmful to me and harmful to others. How to know the reality at the experiential level within the framework of the body? First you have to train your mind to become very sharp, very sensitive, so that it can feel different types of physical sensations on the body. Very gross, solidified, intensified, unpleasant sensations. One keeps on feeling, no difficulty. There is pain, there is pressure, there is heaviness, there is numbness, heat, perspiration. One can feel that, but not only that. There are so many different sensations within the framework of the body. And some of them are so subtle. As one keeps on practicing this technique, as one keeps on going deeper and deeper and deeper level of the mind, one comes to the stage where there is very subtle oscillation going on, very subtle oscillation which the ordinary mind, the conscious, the so-called conscious mind cannot feel. So we have to train our mind to be so sharp, to be so sensitive, to feel all different kinds of sensations. What does one gain by that? It is not just to quench the thirst of curiosity, what is happening in my body? Let me see what is happening in my body. No. It is to train the mind 
to learn how to act when one faces different situations in life. At present, the habit pattern of the mind is to react. A blind reaction is going on. That habit of blind reaction always generates some negativity or the other, some pollution or the other in the mind, some defilement or the other in the mind, and one becomes miserable. And deep inside this process, process of blind reaction, blind reaction of craving, blind reaction of aversion, constantly going on day and night, every moment. There are different sensations throughout the body all the time. Some are pleasant, some are unpleasant, some are gross, some are subtle. When one feels unpleasant, gross sensations, the habit pattern of the mind is to react with aversion, with hatred. When one comes across very subtle, pleasant sensations, the habit pattern of the mind is to react with craving, with clinging. And one does not know that whenever I generate craving or whenever I generate aversion, I lose the balance of my mind. I lose the peace of my mind. I lose the harmony of my mind. I lose the real happiness of my mind. That can only be understood by direct experience. And for that, courses of 10 days are given. Residential courses are given. Very essential. Because first three days, you train your mind to become very sharp, very sensitive, so that you can feel different sensations in the body from time to time, from moment to moment. Whenever someone decides to learn this technique, one has to join a 10-day course in a congenial atmosphere with least disturbance and a proper guide who has got experience of the technique to guide you. You are asked to sit comfortably in any posture that keeps you comfortable for longer periods at a stretch. It's a good posture for you. Not necessarily a lotus posture or half lotus posture. If someone can sit conveniently, a lotus posture, half lotus posture, go ahead, nothing wrong. Otherwise, any posture that keeps you comfortable for longer periods at a stretch is a good posture for you. You are asked to keep your back and your neck straight because this will keep the mind very attentive. You are asked to keep your eyes gently closed. Eyes have got no function. You have to feel the reality within the framework of the body mentally. Eyes have got no function. And if you keep your eyes open, many objects outside will distract your mind. You won't be working merely on the framework of the body, inside the framework of the body. Keep your eyes gently closed. Keep your mouth gently closed. And see what reality is manifesting itself now. Understand the entire path from the beginning to the end. The entire path is to be with the truth, truth, 
truth, nothing but truth. And truth, not the truth which is expressed by a wise person or by a guru or your scriptures, nothing doing. The truth that you experience within the framework of the body, the truth experienced by you is the truth which will help you to go deeper, deeper, deeper. Initially, you come across very gross realities pertaining to the body, pertaining to the mind. And as you keep on working, as per the instructions, it becomes subtler, subtler, subtler. Subtlest reality pertaining to the matter, subtlest reality pertaining to the mind, the mental contents. And a time comes, of course, much later, when you transcend the field of mind and matter and experience the ultimate truth. And once you experience that, you are a totally changed person. But step by step, as you are moving towards the ultimate truth, working with the truth that you are experiencing from moment to moment, a change starts coming in your mind. You start correcting yourself. Because this introspection is to realize what is wrong. What is wrong within me? And that wrong, once you realize, automatically it gets changed. Provided you don't react to it. Just observe. You don't try to do anything. Let the reality manifest itself as it is, as it is. And the rest leave it to nature. Nature helps. Or you can say the God Almighty helps. But you remain with the truth. So sitting comfortably, no physical action is there now, no vocal action. Now see what reality has manifested itself at this moment pertaining to the mind and matter, nothing else. And you will notice the reality that you experience is the breath coming in, the breath going out. It's real. You're experiencing it. Just start with that. Keep on feeling the breath coming in, going out, coming in, going out, as it is, not as you would like it to be. Never make it a breathing exercise. Don't try to control the breath. There is a different technique altogether, which we call pranayama. It has its own benefits for the good health of the body. But vipassana is totally different. It is to develop your faculty to observe the reality as it is, from moment to moment, as it is. So now the reality is the breath, as it is, if it is deep, you accept the fact, it is deep. If it is shallow, you accept the fact, it is shallow. Passing through left nostril, left nostril. Right nostril, right nostril. Just observe, do nothing. Mere observation. The truth as it is. Like someone sitting at the bank of the river. And there is a flow of the river. One does nothing for the flow of the river. It's natural. So also the mind is kept here at the entrance of the nostrils to feel the flow of the breath as it is. One has to do nothing. Never interfere with the natural flow of the breath. Just remain aware. Remain aware. Remain aware. 
so easy. You have to do nothing. Just keep on observing the breath coming in, going out. So easy and yet so hard. Whenever you decide to take a 10-day course, you will find the first day very difficult. Hardly the mind will observe one or two breaths and gone somewhere. And then you realize, I was here to observe the breath. What happened? Again you start. Again, in a few seconds, the mind is gone. You again start. Again the mind is gone. We have come across many students, not all, but many students, on the first day, they feel very frustrated, very frustrated, very irritated. Start generating negativity. Negativity towards one's own self. Negativity towards own mind. What sort of mind I am carrying? You have to do nothing. Just remain here and observe the flow. And this much you cannot do. What sort of mind? And the guide will say, no negativity. Any negativity that you, that you generate makes you miserable. And you are here to come out of all the negativities, the habit pattern of generating negativities. Just accept the reality. Do nothing. You were observing the breath, mind wandered away, and you realize the mind has wandered away. Just accept the fact. Oh, the mind has wandered away. All right. The breath is still there. So I start again. You start again with the breath. Again, mind wanders away. Again, you accept it. Mind has wandered away. That's all. No aversion towards the wandering mind. Not try to correct it also. Just observe. Just observe. The first day, with all these difficulties. The second day, slightly better. Third day, much better. It is not that the mind becomes totally calm and tranquil in three days but much better compared to the first day. And because this particular object was chosen, when we say meditation, when we say concentration, there are many objects with the help of which we can train our mind to get concentrated. The enlightened person gave us to observe our own breath, which is always with us. From the time one has taken birth till the time one passes away, one keeps on breathing in, breathing out, breathing in, breathing out. Asleep or awakened, sitting or standing, lying or walking, eating or drinking, in every position, in every posture, one keeps on breathing in, breathing out. But one never cared to be aware of it. Now you are training your mind, remain aware. Just the breath, nothing else. Pure breath, mere breath, bare breath, nothing to be added, no verbalization is permitted, no visualization is permitted, no imagination is permitted, no suggestion, outer suggestion or auto suggestion is permitted, no imposition, imposition of this philosophical belief or that philosophical belief, nothing permitted, just the breath as it is, as it is. And because you are working with the breath continuously, so far as this technique is concerned, continuity of practice is the secret of success. That is why people have to spare 10 days of their life. From morning 4, 4.30 till night, 9, 9.30, with some breaks, with the breakfast, lunch, etc., and some rest, 
you are aware of this, you are keep on working, mind wanders, you bring it back, mind wanders, you bring it back, because you are working on a small area at the entrance of the nostril, and you are working with only one object, the truth of the breath as it is, naturally, the breath starts becoming subtler and subtler, finer and finer, shorter and shorter. At times, like a thin thread, it comes out and makes a U-turn immediately. Comes out, makes a U-turn. So subtle, so fine, so short. And because the mind is observing it, observing it, mind also becomes subtler and subtler. Subtler and subtler. And can feel this breath, which is very subtle. As the mind has become subtle, mind has become more sensitive also. Now it starts feeling other realities within this area. What else is happening? There's a flow of respiration, yes, but what else? At the end of three days, one starts experiencing some sensation or the other on this area. Constantly, throughout the physical structure, constantly, day and night, there is some biochemical reaction going on, some electromagnetic reaction going on, and that keeps on manifesting itself as this sensation or that sensation. The ordinary so-called conscious mind is not able to feel. Now this subtle mind starts feeling it. Because you are working on this area, you start feeling sensations here, different kinds of sensations, maybe heat, maybe perspiration, maybe throbbing, pulsing, vibrating, tingling, anything. You can't choose. It is a choiceless observation. The reality as it manifests itself, you are just aware. As it manifests itself, you are just aware. And an effortless observation. You never make an effort to create a particular sensation. That won't work. You can't create a sensation. Let the nature play its own role. Your role is just observe. Just observe. Third day, at the end of third day, you are able to feel sensations from the fourth day onwards, from the top of the head to the tips of the toes. You survey the entire physical structure and you find there are sensations everywhere. As I said, normally people feel sensations which are very gross, unpleasant, like heaviness, numbness, pressure, pain, etc. But there are so many different types of sensations going on. Mind is now capable to feel. Of course, the first day of observing the whole body, that is what we call Vipassana. Mostly, in the beginning, people feel gross sensations like pain, pressure. But one keeps on observing, observing, observing. Observing means objectively, without identifying yourself with the sensation. No I, no mind, a sensation, a sensation, whatever it is. You just observe it, whatever it is, and you don't react to it. The old habit pattern of the mind was to react to these sensations. Sensations are there, day and night, every moment, throughout the body. And at the depth, the mind keeps on reacting to these unpleasant sensation, it reacts with aversion, hatred, pleasant sensation, it reacts with craving, clinging. Now you are training your mind not to react, just observe. However unpleasant a sensation may be, you will notice 
it is not eternal it arises seems to stay for some time but ultimately passes away sooner or later it passes away no sensation arises to stay forever not eternal and as you come across very subtle sensations they are mere vibrations wavelets 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 the same characteristic rising passing rising passing every wavelet is rising passing rising passing now with great rapidity with high velocity characteristic remains the same and not because the teacher says so by experience one starts understanding what is the sense in reacting to something which is constantly changing how unpleasant it may be is constantly changing what is sense to react with craving which is constantly changing so automatically the changing habit of the physical structure makes one realize it is harmful to react just observe just observe that means you are changing the habit pattern of your mind to remain equanimous maintain perfect equilibrium of the mind perfect equipoise of the mind perfect balance of the mind just observe just observe whatever sensation may arise just observe just observe again it is easy to say but difficult when you start practicing the old habit keeps on manifesting itself somewhere a pain has arisen and start aversion oh this pain look this pain i don't like this pain and the teacher says that it's not eternal it will pass away look it is still not passed away 10 minutes not passed away half an hour not passed away how can i accept it passes away this kind of aversion is there but slowly you change the habit pattern patiently just observe just observe is bound to pass away and it passes away similarly very present sensation look arising passing rising passing the entire physical structure the entire mental structure the combination of the two this constant flow flux flow flux going on one just keeps on observing observing objectively the habit pattern starts changing and as the habit pattern starts changing one maintains the balance of the mind one maintains the peace of the mind one maintains the happiness of the mind deep inside and there is a root level of the mind otherwise there are many techniques i have gone through many and many people have gone through many kinds of techniques we are not here to condemn them they give their own benefit many techniques which will calm down the mind purify the mind without this craving or aversion or any other kind of impurity but just at the surface level or maybe slightly deeper level but at the root level the old habit pattern is still there all the time generating craving aversion craving aversion generating misery nothing but misery and although you suppressed your impurity of the mind deep inside and you feel at the surface i am quite peaceful now my mind is quite pure yes it is true but not totally true deep inside there is still impurity the habit pattern of generating craving aversion is there and you don't know when there is a volcanic eruption something impurity deep from inside will come on the surface and you lost all your peace all your harmony 
you are the same as you were before. That is why the enlightened person found out that unless you work at the root level, you are not coming out of your misery. You have to work at the root of the mind and the root of the mind is constantly in contact with the body sensations. This law of nature is the truth which was realized by Buddha, the enlightened person. It is very wrongly taken that he has he found a religion totally wrong. A Buddha never founds any religion. It is super scientist, super scientist of spirituality. And he goes himself dividing, dissecting, disintegrating, making analytical study of the mind and matter and understanding how misery arises. How misery arises because of these impurities and how this impurity arises and how they keep on multiplying, multiplying, multiplying and the time comes, you are overpowered by, by this impurity. And then you perform actions at the vocal level, at the physical level, which are unwholesome, which harm you and harm others. And later on you keep on repenting, I should not have said so. Oh, I should not have done so. Because you are slave of your own habit pattern deep inside, unless this habit pattern is changed, you have to keep on repenting on your actions. There is no real solution of your problem. He said if there is a big, in your compound, there is a huge tree of poison, dangerous. So you cut it off. You cut it off, but the roots are still there. Another tree will sprout. More trees will sprout. You are not liberated from this poison. So work at the deep, deep level, deepest level of the mind, at the root level of the mind. And that is why this technique was discovered. And he became enlightened by practicing this technique and he kept on distributing it to one and all with all the compassion, all the love, all the goodwill. Not to convert people from one organized religion to another organized religion. That is not the job of Vipassana. Of course, conversion is involved, but conversion is from misery to happiness. Conversion is from bondage to liberation. Conversion is from cruelty to compassion which is liked by everyone. There is no religion in the world, no religion in the world, which does not preach morality, live a moral life. Every religion says, live a moral life with a disciplined mind, pure mind, full of love, compassion, goodwill. This is the teaching of every religion. But how to, how to practice that? The practical aspect is lost. And every religion has got an outer shell. This inner essence is the same greatest common denominator of all the religions. Live a moral life with a disciplined mind, a pure mind, full of love, compassion, goodwill, tolerance. This is the common teaching of every religion. But the outer shell differs from one religion to another. And the outer shell is different rites, different rituals, different celebrations, ceremonies, different uh, philosophical beliefs, this belief or that belief. And the difficulty comes when people start giving all importance to this outer shell. They keep on saying, 
Our religion also says, live a moral life. Our religion also says, have a pure mind, full of love, compassion, goodwill. They are just accepting it, but they are not practicing it. Because there is no way to practice it. All importance is given to this outer shell. And that at times becomes so dangerous. As we see now in the world, so much of attachment to my belief, my dogma, my cult. Everyone in the world must accept it. If they don't accept it, better kill them. This kind of thing is going on. Because they have forgotten the inner essence of their own religion. If that inner essence is given predominance, and given predominance in the practical way, even if you accept it at the intellectual level, emotional level, devotional level, it is good, but doesn't help. You have to come to practice and make it a way of your life, that you live a moral life, that you have a disciplined mind, you have got a pure mind, and it is full of love, compassion, goodwill. People may have their own different rites, rituals, ceremonies, etc. Let them be happy with that. Don't quarrel for that. But give importance to this inner essence. If people of every religion, every tradition, start giving importance to this inner essence, there will be not quarrel in the name of religion. There will be no conflict in the name of religion. There will be no bloodshed in the name of religion. How to give importance to this inner self? How to live a moral life? One one practices Vipassana and gets more and more established in it. One reality which was discovered by this enlightened person, the super scientist, the apparent truth is different. But the real truth, ultimate truth is totally different. Now the sense doors, the eyes, the ears, the nose, the tongue, the body, the mind. The world is world for us when it comes in contact with these sense doors. Somebody who is deaf from the birth, for this person there is no world of sound. Someone is blind from the birth, for this person there is no shape, form, color, light, etc. World comes in contact with these six sense doors only. And it looks at the apparent level that we are reacting to the object which has come in contact with the sense door. A shape, a form, a color, a light come in contact with the eye sense door. A sound has come in contact with the ear sense door. A smell has come in contact with the nose sense door. A taste has come in contact with the tongue, tongue sense door. Something tangible has come in contact with the body sense door. Or some thought or emotion has come in contact with the mind sense door. And at the apparent level it looks that we are reacting to this object. The shape or form that we see, it may be ugly, it may be beautiful, therefore we dislike it or we like it. A sound, we may like it, we may dislike it. So, apparent level it seems that we are reacting to these objects which come in contact with the sense doors. This enlightened person, a super scientist, he went deep inside and realized that we are not reacting we are not reacting to these outer objects. It seems to be so. It appears to be so. But actually, when an outside object comes in contact with the sense door, any sense door, there is bound to be a sensation on the body. And that sensation becomes pleasant or unpleasant as the valuation that you have given to the object. If you say this object is wonderful, you find a very pleasant sensation in the body. 
You say this object is very bad. There's an unpleasant sensation in the body. And then only you start reacting. So the root lies with the sensation on the body. If you miss that, then you are working only on the surface level of the mind, which is good compared to those people who do nothing to purify their mind. Those who are purifying the mind, at, at least at the surface level, are better than those who are not purifying at all. But just purifying at the surface level will not help, because deep, deep at the root level, the process of craving aversion, craving aversion is there. How to go to that depth where one starts feeling sensations? Something has con- come, contact, come in contact with the eye sense door or ear sense door, nose sense door, tongue sense door, body sense door, mind sense door. What sensation? If the sensation is pleasant and the old habit is to create craving, aversion, unpleasant, you create aversion, hatred. Now, practicing, practicing, you feel sensations and you train the mind not to react, just observe. Just observe and see what happens. It passes away. Whatever sensation has arisen, the characteristic of the sensation is arising, passing away, arising, passing away. This cannot happen by understanding it only at the intellectual level or accepting it at the emotional or devotional level. One has to experience it. And this is what Vipassana does. You start experiencing, experiencing, experiencing. Initially, as I said, very gross, solidified, intensified sensations. Train your mind not to react, not to react. Old habit pattern, you react. Again, you come to senses, oh no, I am here not to react. You react and again you change. You keep on training your mind not to react, not to react. The old habit pattern becomes weaker, weaker, weaker. And you find that the old habit of generating craving and aversion, all other defilements of the mind are product of these two, craving, aversion, craving, aversion. So all other defilements become weaker, 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 they pass away. You are a changed person altogether. How to reach that stage? These three days, you have to sharpen your mind. Mind should become very sharp, very sensitive. And after that, you train your mind to feel sensations everywhere. Quite possible, initially, one may not feel sensations throughout the body. Most part of the body, one feels sensation. One keeps on working. Patiently, persistently, patiently, persistently, one starts feeling sensations everywhere. Sensations are there everywhere, every part of the body every particle of the body, every atom of the body, wherever there is life, there is bound to be sensation. One starts feeling different types of sensations. That is one part of the technique, to develop the faculty to feel the sensations. And the second part, train it not to react. Maintain perfect equanimity, perfect equipoise of the mind. Just observe. And observe understanding the nature of the sensation. Arising, passing away, arising, passing away. It becomes so clear, the entire physical structure constantly changing, constantly changing. Mental structure constantly changing. Combination of the two, constantly changing, constantly changing. And realizing this at the experiential level, one starts changing the habit pattern. When that happens, the morality in the life becomes so easy. How? Because what is morality? Morality is abstain from any unwholesome vocal or physical action which will harm 
and hurt others, which will disturb the peace and harmony of others. Abstain from such activities. This is moral life. Otherwise, it's an immoral life. Now, what harms others? You kill somebody. You steal something which is not belonging to you. You have sexual misconduct, rape or adultery. You speak lies to, de- to deceive others. You speak harsh words to hurt others. Now, with the practice of vipassana, as you get more and more established, experiencing the sensation, you will find that when I kill somebody, how can I kill somebody? I can't kill anybody without generating enormous anger, hatred, ill will, animosity. Then only I kill somebody. And as soon as I generate anger, hatred, any negative feeling, I am the first victim of this negativity. One starts observing. There's a burning sensation throughout the body. Palpitation increases. Tension gets built up. What I am doing? I am harming myself. Look, I am harming myself. This was a realization of this great scientist that you can't harm anybody without first harming yourself. You steal something. How can you steal something? Without generating greed. Tremendous greed has to come in mind. And a good meditator, I say Vipassana, uh, observer, it becomes so clear. Whenever I generate greed, I lose the balance of my mind. I lose the peace of my mind. I lose the harmony of my mind. What I am doing? One commits adultery or one commits rape. Tremendous amount of passion, lust, and one realizes one has lost the peace, lost the harmony. One has started harming. One speaks anything to deceive others or speaks harsh words. Some impurity or the other must arise first before any vocal action or physical action, unwholesome vocal action or physical action is taken place, there must be some impurity which must arise. And every impurity that arises, arises with a sensation. Another reality discovered by this great scientist, nothing can arise in the mind without generating a sensation on the body. Nothing can arise. So now, you generated anger or hatred or greed or passion, Anything that you generated, there must be a sensation in the body. And you start feeling, this sensation is so unpleasant. I become so miserable because of this sensation. What I am doing? I am harming myself. I am hurting myself. More and more one realizes this, the habit pattern changes. Then at the physical level or vocal level, you can't harm anybody. Because not at the intellectual level, your experiential level, you understand before harming anybody, I start harming myself. And nobody wants to harm oneself. Nobody wants to lose the peace and harmony of the mind. Nobody wants to live a miserable life. And yet, out of ignorance. Ignorance because one, one does not know what is happening deep inside. That ignorance has to be removed. It cannot be removed merely by these such kind of discourses. It cannot be removed just by reading scriptures. It can be removed by experience only. More and more you are aware of sensations, you understand. Oh, this sensation makes me feel so unpleasant. This sensation makes me so unhappy. This sensation takes away the balance of my mind. And you refrain from that. You come out of that. Morality becomes your nature. You won't have to force yourself to live a moral life. It becomes your nature. 
you can't harm anybody because you understand by harming anybody i have to harm myself first the mind becomes purer and purer and another law of nature discovered was when the mind is pure naturally is full of love full of compassion full of goodwill and full of tolerance even if somebody is doing something against the law of nature you only compassion you tolerate you have compassion you have love for the people this is what is needed every religion teaches that but how to achieve how to attain that stage this practice helps you how to attain that stage more and more one becomes aware of the sensations one becomes that by particular sensation i am losing the balance of my mind i am harmed the more and more the law of nature or we can say the universal law of the god almighty becomes clearer and clearer what is this law law is that keep your mind pure free from defilements if you generate any defilement in the mind you will be punished then and there if you keep your mind pure without defilement you will be rewarded then and there this is universal law applicable to everyone anyone who defiles the mind is punished then and there you live in a country in a government where the government laws you have to abide by, by them a law abiding citizen the government does not punish you have broken the law government punishes you but in the mundane field the punishment may take long time you have broken the law then the case goes to this court to that court to that court to appeal after appeal it may take years together to get punishment sometimes you may miss that punishment also law of nature is such immediately as you break the law as you generate any defilement in the mind anger hatred passion fear ego anything you are punished then and there simultaneously you are punished and so also and the purity is there love compassion goodwill reward is there you feel so much peace so much harmony which you have never experienced in your life and you will start experiencing that so a reward reward from the nature reward from the god almighty whatever you call but the law is there and the law is universal it does not make any differentiation whether this person who has broken the law belongs to this religion or that religion belongs to this color or that color belongs to this race or that race belongs to this gender or that gender no difference human being is human being human mind is human mind and if you break the law you generate defilement in the mind you are bound to get punishment if this becomes clearer and clearer and if i live according to the law of the nature i am bound to get the reward if this becomes more and more popular in the world the real peace will come otherwise we keep on talking of world peace world peace every individual has no peace how can there be world peace after all the society is made of individuals and nothing is done to give peace to the individual deep inside and here is a solution which the enlightened one the great scientist found out which is relevant in those days it's relevant even today people so miserable so miserable even very rich people so miserable they keep on generating ego craving aversion hatred they are miserable if they come out of it they start enjoying so much of peace so everyone black or white or brown or, or makes no difference yellow all human being are human being belonging to pakistan or india belonging to israel or 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 palestine 
makes no difference. Human being is human being. Once they start learning how to realize the truth about these sensations, they will come out of these immoral actions and they will start helping themselves and helping others. Again, the law of nature is such, when I generate anger, hatred, ill will, I am the first victim of that. I become very miserable. But I never keep this misery limited to myself. I keep on throwing this misery on others. When I generate anger, the entire atmosphere around me is full of agitation. Anybody who comes in contact with me at that time becomes miserable, feels misery. What I am doing? I don't know how to live. I am making myself miserable, I am making others miserable. On the other hand, if I learn how to keep my mind calm, pure, free from defilements, I feel so much of peace, so much of harmony. And that peace starts permeating in the atmosphere around me. People who come in contact with me at that time, they also start feeling peace and harmony. So the Vipassana is a way of life, a healthy way of life, a code of conduct, an art of living, how to live peacefully and harmoniously within and how to generate nothing but peace and harmony for the atmosphere outside so that others can also live in peace and harmony. All of you who have spared more than one hour of your life to understand at least at the intellectual level what Vipassana is, I am sure a time will come when you will spare ten days of your life to learn this technique. Understanding it at the intellectual level is good, but that because that gives inspiration, that gives you guidance, there is a way to come out of our misery at the deepest level. But unless you practice yourself, you can't experience the real peace, real harmony. So find ten days of your life to experience this and come out of all the miseries of the life. There is so much misery, there is fear. All the time there is fear, what will happen? All the time insecurity, what will happen? Next, next moment, what will happen? What will happen? All fear goes away. Because when the fear comes in the mind, there is a sensation in the body and the technique wants you to keep on observing that sensation. Keep on understanding this fear is related to this sensation. And I am a first meditator, so I know observing the sensation, it is impermanent, impermanent, not eternal. Fear is also not permanent. Let me see how long it lasts. It becomes weaker, weaker, weaker and passes away. You are free from this. So this is also scientific. No blind faith is involved. No blind belief is involved. You practice, you get the result, you accept it, not before that. So get the result by taking 10 days of your life and enjoy real peace. May all of you enjoy real peace, real harmony, real happiness, real happiness. Isn't meditation running away from what life has to offer? Ten days you have to run away, yes. But after that you have to live the life. You are not running away from your responsibilities. People who are good meditate, good Vipassana uh, practitioner, they find they have started working in a perfect way, in a better way, not harming themselves, not harming others. And their, whatever profession they are, they get better results, more results, because they can make quick decision and right decision whenever any problem arises. Why do you instruct your students to observe respiration at the entrance of the nostril? Is it observing at the rise and fall of the belly? Yes, there are. there is a tradition 
where people are asked to observe the rise and fall as you breathe in the belly rises as you breathe out falls but a very crude way the mind is now on a bigger area and buddha wanted to keep your attention on pinpointed area and this is pinpointed area he said very clearly above the upper lip below the nostril pinpointed awareness should be there and that is why the tradition has maintained the purity of the technique and they want to observe the breath at this area not at the belly other buddhist traditions have many different objects of meditation besides breath and sensation where did they come from ask them from where they get it buddha never taught of course for some people who can't observe the breath some objects were given but again real reality no imagination no imagination but very soon one has to come to feel sensation mind must become very sharp to feel and the rest of the the journey is the same this sounds very serious maybe i should wait till i get old to learn this <laughs> You don't want to be happy for your rest of the life. You want to be happy only after you become old. Oh no. Be happy. From now itself be happy. The rest of the life you be a happier person. The technique is to be learned. I say from the childhood itself so that the whole life is there and one can live a happy life, peaceful life. You speak a lot about the negative mental contents and the negative sensations. what about the pleasant sensations like joy love happiness yes when it is superficial just on the surface pleasant sensation the danger is when that pleasant sensation comes you start reacting with craving craving clinging but there is no eternal and when you miss it you become so very much unhappy so very much miserable so when you go to the depth of the mind and purify the mind at the deepest level then the happiness that comes is not the happiness to which you have any kind of attachment to it you just observe it if it goes away still you are happy it remains you are happy in every situation you keep yourself very happy do you do healings when and where <laughs> the biggest healing is the mental healing everyone is suffering from ill mind you keep on generating defilement you are a sick person mentally So this technique helps you to come out of that sickness. That is much more important than healing any other physical ailment. Of course, one has to work to heal the physical ailment also. But if the mind is sick, the body will remain sick. You can't have a real sound body. So train the mind to become very healthy. Is it true that one should not practice vipassana along with reiki or yoga? If so, why? Why? yoga if it is only a physical exercise like pranayam or postures of the of the body asanas nothing wrong this is a physical exercise and vipassana is a mental exercise but it is not good to mix up reiki with this because in vipassana you observe the actual real natural sensations of the body when you are angry what kind of sensation comes when there is passion when there is ego when there is fear what kind of sensation comes but here in reiki 
input is given from outside of some particular type of sensation, particular type of vibration, and natural vibration and this artificial vibration, sometimes there's a clash and we have found that people got harmed. So we are not against Reiki. Let Reiki people work to help people to come out of their physical ailment, etc. But don't mix with Vipassana, it will be harmful. If it is not a sectarian teaching and you are not a guru, so why do some of your students bow down before the teacher? Ask the students. I never tell them to bow down. If they have a feeling of gratitude and they want to express that, nothing wrong. But gurudom should not arise because of that. What is guru? A guru when he says that you all are weak people, how can you liberate yourself? And I am such a strong person, I will liberate you. Come, surrender to me and I will liberate. Then that gurudom is dangerous. This person will exploit you in many ways. So be careful. When the teacher says or the guide says, I can't do anything, I only show you the path. And you have to walk on the path. Every step you have to take yourself. You have to liberate yourself. Nobody else can liberate you. Somebody can give you guidance, that's all. Then the guru is just a guide, not the type of guru who tries to exploit you. Can children practice Vipassana? And at what age? Before birth. They must be given Vipassana before birth. A pregnant mother, when she comes to a 10-day course, she is not coming only for herself, she is coming for the coming child also. And what wonderful vibration this child gets. Purity, purity, free from defilement, free from defilement. And on the 10th day when she learns love, compassion, goodwill, what nutrition she is giving to the child. And the child comes out a very healthy, healthy child mentally. And therefore, many pregnant mothers come to the course, they say, I want a Dhamma baby. I want a Dhamma baby. And they get Dhamma baby. So give this training while the child is in the womb. And you will find the child comes out a very happy person. What is grief? How do you work with it? When you lose the peace of your mind, there is grief. So why lose the peace of the mind? If you lose the peace of the mind only on the surface and then you get rid of this grief, you feel I am out of my grief, but deep inside the grief is there constantly, constantly. There is disturbance deep inside. Come out of that disturbance and Vipassana helps you to go to the depth of the mind and come out of the disturbance at the root level. Can Vipassana help my asthma? It is said that it is related to mind stress. Yes, all the psychosomatic diseases automatically get removed, but don't come with the aim of curing any of your physical ailment. Otherwise, all the time your attention will be, my physical ailment, is it becoming better or not? Is it going away or not? Is it reducing or not? You won't practice Vipassana. Practice Vipassana. The mind becomes purer and purer. Then any illness with the base of mind automatically gets removed. Is it just a byproduct? The main thing is how to purify the mind at the root level. What is the English translation of the word, word Vipassana? Pashana is to observe. Vipassana to observe in a special way. That means with equanimity, with a balanced mind, understanding the reality of the object, 
understanding the real characteristic of the object, this is Vipassana. I am so busy with work and family responsibilities and 10 days seems to be too much. Could I come to a course for 3 or 4 days? Bargaining? <laughs> I come from a business family and half of my life was, I spent in business. So I know how business people keep on bargaining. I started bargaining with my teacher when I went, went to him. He said, 10 days. 10 days, I'm such a busy person. How can I spare 10 days of my life? I'm an intelligent person. Give me the technique. I'll practice at home. And he just laughed. All right, one day I'll come and then you teach me how to practice. And if, why 10 days? Nothing doing. You can't get it. Because the continuity is so important. And coming back home, if you try to have this continuity, better have it in a congenial atmosphere at the center. And that helps you to go to the depth, to sharpen your mind, to make it more and more sensitive. And then you feel sensations of different types and train your mind to remain equanimous with every sensation. Ten days is a minimum required. Hundred years ago, this very technique was given to people who could come for one month, one and a half month. If this was maintained, I would have missed it because I could not spare one month or one and a half month. So they reduced, reduced to 15 days, to 10 days. Yes, 10 days people get an outline of this technique and they can carry on. Less than that, it is a waste of time. I know many of my students who have taken one course or two course. They thought it's a wonderful idea. Go in Kawans, 10 days. Well, we can teach in weekend, just weekend. Come to us and you will teach the same thing and you will get the same result. They are harming people. They don't know what they are doing. Because once one has taken a one-day or two-day course or just a few hours, morning and evening, they feel, I know now what Vipassana is. I understand what Vipassana is. They can never reach to the depth of the mind and they can never come out of that misery and they, they create a barrier for themselves to come to a 10-day course. So 10 days is a minimum. Don't bargain. Spare 10 days of your life for your good, for your benefit. In today's in today's modern world, one has to be ambitious and competitive to survive. How can Vipassana help in this if we are merely an observer? Merely an observer to change the habit pattern of the mind. Not that the whole life you will just sit closed eyes and you are observing, observing. How can you live? You go to your hospital to come out of your sickness and then live the life outside. So you come for 10 days, this is hospital for your mind. Make your mind healthy and live the life with a healthy mind. You face every situation and make a decision which will be good for you and good for others. Otherwise, you always make decisions which are not very healthy. So you gain health of the mind and for that you spare 10 days to learn this observation. Are there any prerequisites to join a 10-day course? No. Come with a clean state, slate. Don't start practicing something and say, ah, this is prerequisite. Nothing doing. Come with a clean slate. If you start practicing something which might go totally against Vipassana, then it will be difficult to retreat. So better come with a clean slate and start working as you are asked to work at the center. Do you re recommend practicing Vipassana in silence or in soft music acceptable? Any other object, a soft music is very good. It calms down the mind. 
mind becomes very peaceful, but where? Only at the surface level of the mind. Deep inside the habit pattern remains the same. 24 hours, every moment there is some sensation or the other going on deep. And you are reacting to that, craving, aversion, craving, aversion. You are generating nothing but unhappiness. No peace is there. So if you want to just calm down the mind at the surface level, there are many techniques. And this music is one, one of the techniques which will calm down your mind, but that is not enough. Go to the depth of the mind. What is the end result of Vipassana? Every moment you get the result. It gives result here and now. A change is coming in your life. Misery starts going away from your life. More and more happiness comes to the mind. And of course, at a much later stage, experiencing the truth of this physical structure, a stage comes. That comes even in one ten day or two ten days when the entire solidity of the body is gone. No more solidity. Dividing, dissecting, disintegrating, dissolving, dissolution of the whole body. Mere vibration, mere vibration. That was another discovery of this enlightened person, this super scientist. The entire material world, including this body, is made up of very tiny atoms. 26 centuries back, there was no scientific apparatus or anything. With his own insight, he came to this decision, only atoms, and that he gave the name Kalapa. Kalapam is the tiniest particle of the material world. And that also is not solid. Mere vibration. Mere vibration. Entire material universe, mere vibration. Mere vibration. So that mere vibration, mere vibration has to be experienced. Merely accepting it won't help. If you start experiencing that, the subtlest reality of the matter Subtlest yield to the mind. Mind also, emotion comes, very solidified. And you keep on observing, keep on observing. It gets divided, dissected, disintegrated, dissolved. Mere vibration, mere vibration. Then you can feel all the different sensations in the body. Then you can experience that what sensation is making you uncomfortable, making you miserable. If you react to that, you become more, more miserable. And if you remain equanimous, how the most unpleasant sensation keeps you happy. So this kind of thing... You can't learn merely by these discourses or by reading scriptures. You have to experience yourself. Have you practiced fasting to get mental clarity? As I said, there are many techniques to purify the mind at the surface level. Fasting is one of that. But that also, it goes to extreme. And that also becomes a competition you can fast for five days, I can fast for ten days. You fast for ten days, I can fast for fifteen days. One month, two months, three months. Just harming yourself. Not paying attention to the mind, it does not help. So why not work with what little food is necessary for your body? Take that much of food and the main trouble is with the mind. Keep your mind equanimous, equanimous with every sensation and you will find that you are coming out of your misery. Mr. Goenka, we have so many more questions, but we have time only for these few. Only for these few. After that, I'm liberated. You're liberated. Good. <laughs> Very good. Please compare and differentiate hypnosis and vipassana. Hypnosis is totally against vipassana. In vipassana, you have to be with the truth as it is. But in hypnosis, you generate something. You... you create some kind of illusion or delusion and remain involved in that 
which goes totally against vipassana. It does not help to purify your mind. Is it the purpose of vipassana to penetrate the human subconscious mind? Certainly. There is a barrier between the so-called conscious mind and the so-called unconscious mind or half-conscious mind. With vipassana, this barrier goes away. Whatever is experienced by the unconscious is experienced by the conscious. There is no difference. You feel everything that is happening at the mental level, at the physical level. I practice inconsistently. How do I become diligent? If you have taken a 10-day course, then only. Otherwise, I say be diligent, it won't help. First, learn the technique and then, yes, you have to practice every day. Like you learn some physical exercise somewhere, yoga or something or any other physical exercise and you don't practice at home, how this technique will help you. So, also the mental exercise, you learn for 10 days and make use of it daily practice and then make use of it in your life, how you are applying it in life. Before Vipassana, what sort of life I was living, how similar situation I used to react previously, now I am reacting less and not so deep and I come out of reaction so quickly. All that has to be done and that requires a strong mental determination. I must practice. As you give food to your body to keep the body healthy two times or three times, so the mind also requires food and this is the food for the mind. Keep it healthy and strong. Meditate. After ten days, meditate every day morning and evening. Tibetans are suffering operation from Chinese. How should I help them, these unfortunate people who have left their motherland? Vipassana for everyone. I know I have many friends, including His Holiness Lai Lama, with good friend, and he arranged a course for his high lamas, Rinpoches, and he was so pleased with the technique. So the technique should spread. This will help. And so also with the Chinese. Miserable. Everywhere there is misery. Don't think because somebody is ruling, so this person is not miserable. Very miserable. And now Vipassana courses are given in the mainland also. And large number of Chinese population, overseas Chinese population, are taking Vipassana. Vipassana is good for everyone. Whether one is an oppressor or oppressed, both need Vipassana to come out of the misery. What about Vipassana for Ayurvedic body, vata, pitta, kaf? Yes, this is good. But at the same time, the mind should also have an equanimity. Vata, pitta, kaf is to maintain the equanimity of the body. If something is more, something is less, then creates trouble. So also mind must be very equanimous and it helps. And we have noticed that it also helps the kvat, kif, kaf, pit of the body also when you practice vipassana. What do you suggest after the 10-day course? Take 10-day course and then you will know what to do after that. <laughs> Without taking a 10-day course, I keep on talking what will happen later on. What you will gain, gain by that? First take a 10-day course. What if one is handicapped? and cannot sit cross-legged. Well, not necessary to sit cross-legged, one is handicapped. All different facilities are given to people who can't sit cross-legged, they can sit on the chair. Many people with paralysis, they come and they are on the wheelchair and they get the same benefit. So don't worry about that. So long as one can understand the instructions and can work according to instruction, one will get the same result. You said we gradually have to concentrate on other parts of the body after the nose. 
how do we do this? <laughs> spare ten days and you will know how to do this. <laughs> you don't want to spare ten days and just want to learn. As I told to my teacher, I'm an intelligent person, please tell me how to practice. I'll practice at home. It doesn't work. Spare ten days, learn the technique under a proper guide. When, when one is aware of all the sensations, what about pain of a life-threatening disease? Yes, one has to face that also. There are a number of cases, cases of cancer, and the final stage of cancer is so painful, so painful. But we keep on getting information from the relatives of uh, these cancer patients who have died in cancer. And we find that a good vipassana meditator keeps on observing. There's pain, so what? Even if I cry, the pain is there. So what is you crying? Smiling, they accept it, they accept it. They don't take any medicine to make them unconscious. They keep on observing, observing and smiling, they pass away. About 20 such cases have been reported to us where cancer patients have, have died in a very peaceful way. Like this, any kind of any kind of death that comes, there's a fear of death. If a personal meditator loses all that fear, no more fear. Whenever death comes, I'm ready for that. So what? My mind is very equanimous to face every situation. And it is the art of dying. Up till now, the information that we keep on getting, no vipassana meditator has died unconsciously. No vipassana meditator has died fearfully. No vipassana meditator has died cryingly. Everyone dies patiently, very, very peacefully, very peacefully. Because at the depth of the mind, one is very so peaceful, so peaceful. These other difficulties, the pain at the time of death is there. Even if you cry, you have to face that. Why cry? Just observe, just observe, just observe. So, if art of dying, but this is possible only when you learn the art of living. So, spare ten days, learn art of living, and you are perfect the whole life, till the end of the life. May all of you be happy, be peaceful, learn this technique for your good and for the good of so many others.